0: Uh, today's reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17-34, to 34, and this is on page 1088 of the Church Bibles. In the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then, when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and ill, and a number of you have fallen asleep." But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Those who are hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further instructions. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Chris is going to come and share his reflections now in teaching on the passage. Let's pray for Chris and for ourselves as we do that. Father God, we thank you for Chris and we thank you, God, for the wisdom that you have given him. We thank you for um, who you are and who you've revealed yourself to be to Chris. And Father, we pray that as he shares... Um, that it would be your word speaking to us through him. Would you open our hearts and our minds to hear from you? In Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Thank you. Hello, everyone. You all right? You okay? Yeah. Good. So my name's Chris. What's your name? Yes. All right. Can we do that again? Is that all right? Yes. Hello, everyone. So my name's Chris. What's your name? Yes. All right. I think I've got some of your, some of your names. Uh, so I'm part of Camborne Church, and I get the joy of speaking now and again, doing the sermon. Now, uh, this morning, the topic, I rock hard, and, and some of the topics that I get to preach on are just like brilliant, like woo, yay, God's so good, and, but this morning's topic, my goodness, it is rock hard. This is the title that I've been given, why do you disrespect Communion. I mean, that's a, that's a bit of a... So I'm going to try, try and unpack what we've just heard from Nathan read to us by telling three stories, and hopefully we'll get three lessons from those stories. Is that okay? Don't know what I would have said done if you'd said no. But before I do, that bit that we've just heard Nathan, like, read to us. That was written to a church in a place called Corinth. And and Paul, the author, is talking about communion. But it's not like a tiny little shot glass or shot thing that you have some juice in. And not about a tiny little bit of bread and you remember the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. He's talking about when they come together to celebrate communion, in people's homes. You see, they didn't have a church building and it was brand new. This whole thing about Jesus was absolutely brand new. No one had ever done it before. So here was a group of people working out, what does it mean to believe in this Jesus and do this Jesus stuff? They didn't have wonderful youth workers or teachers or they, they're just trying to work it out. So when they were getting together, some people were getting off their face with so much to drink and eat. And others, well, they were starving. So Paul's writing to a group who are meeting together in other people's homes saying, What are you doing? Some of you are getting absolutely wasted. And some of you, well, you haven't even got a thimble of wine to drink. So there are three stories that I want to bring from this morning's teaching and hopefully give us something that will really encourage us. That's my hope. You guys are awesome, by the way. So That was cold,
0: wasn't it? That was cold.
1: It was freezing. It was not cold. It was not cold. You found it all right. Maybe next up one. Next. We need to encourage people in the future. Just go for that. It was freezing. So the first story. The first story involves um, involves an apron. I'm gonna just wear it. If that's okay. By the way, if you're new to church, um, vicars don't wear aprons. Okay, just if you think, hang on, uh, is this a new kind of thing? that vicars have to wear. So anyway, the first story involves um, an apron. You see, I I love hanging out. I've got a team of people that I work with, work with a charity. And one of the guys is a vicar who loves communion like all the time. Like we'll go out for a meal and he'll say to the waitress, excuse me, love, have you got a bit of bread and some wine? (laughs) It's a bit embarrassing to be honest, because people say, why? He says, oh, we're going to remember something like really good and people do, and it can get a bit embarrassing. I was in a Toby carvery with 40, 40 people. We're having a, a, a massive carvery. 40 people, part of, we're doing this training weekend. We're in a Toby carvery. We don't have any bread, so we use one of those massive Yorkshire puddings and a <laughs> glass of wine, and we pass it around. And people are looking at this group of people passing around a Yorkshire pudding, saying some words, and it looked weird. Anyway, so... I'm going to this meeting with my friend who loves communion. And I'm on a train on the way up to Chester. And I get a phone call from a minister who I'm helping. So we're just talking away. And I'm just about to say goodbye. He goes, Chris, before you go, I have to tell you something. I think you're going to meet someone on the train who's got a tattoo on their right shoulder. It's really important to them. Just look out for that person. I think this is like a God hunch thing. So I went, yeah, okay. I didn't have the heart to tell him that the train was empty. I had the carriage to myself. But half an hour later, he sent me a text saying, have you met that person with a tattoo on the right shoulder? So I sent him a picture of an empty carriage. (laughs) He goes, oh, I'm really sure you're meant to meet someone. Anyway, we go into Liverpool and we go out for a meal. And the waitress who's serving us, we're getting to know. And I say, Excuse me, this is a bit of a weird question. She had some tattoos. It's a bit of a weird question. Have you got, like, you know, a tattoo on your right shoulder that's really important to you? She goes, Yeah, I have. And she showed us, and it was awesome. And it was like, She was like, Why do you ask? It's like, Oh, this is a bit weird, right? Because my friend reckoned that I'd meet someone. It's like a God thing. She was like, No way. That's freaky. Anyway, my, my friend, we finished the meal. It's great. My friend then says, have you got any bread? And can we have a glass of wine? She goes, why? She says, well, we want to remember what Jesus has done. You see, the bread, remembering his body broken for us. Wine, the blood shed for us. She goes, yeah, no worries. I'll sort that out. So she sorts out, brings it. And my other friend, Anina, she looks at her. And she goes, hey, do you want to? want to join us? She goes, yeah, I do. She took off her penny and came and sat with us and enjoyed remembering the most outrageous gift that this world has ever been graced with, Jesus, given for this world. But what really got me was the Taking the penny off. She was no longer the waitress serving and clearing up. She was someone enjoying something that's for everyone. See, Paul writes to the church in Corinthians and he reminds us that communion is a leveller. It's a leveller. In other words, you're not that everyone is as important as everyone. There's not. Meant to be groups that are tucking in and enjoying something that others can't. Communion is a a leveller. It brings fallen, broken people to the lavish kindness of God. You see, Jesus, he taught his first friends what it really meant to be his disciples. He says, you see, if you love one another, that's how people are going to know that you really are my friends. So communion reminds us that we share all things that we've got. The first gathering of Christians, you can read in Acts 2 and Acts 4, if someone had a need, well, people sold stuff and gave them the money that they needed. Everything was shared in common. And Paul, in his letter to the church that we've heard, read to us, rock hard bit of scripture, reminds us, this is a leveler. None of us deserve it. None of us. But Jesus has been given for us. Second story. This is also from a pub. I don't always hang out in pubs. Well, most of the time. But this is a story from a pub, and it's, it's from a harvester. Who's been in a harvester before? Anyone been in a harvester? We were having brunch, and I think between us, we had about 21 courses. It's one of these, you just keep going. I had fruit salad for breakfast, followed by like an egg butty. It was one of those brunches. We were full. We had the place to ourselves as well, until... Two young ladies turned up and sat near us. And I turned and looked at these two young ladies. And I had something like on my heart and my mind. It was really weird. Like I just turned and saw them. And I had a name for like one of these girls. And I thought this this is like from God. I need to tell one of these young ladies this name from God. And then I thought, how am I going to do that? just going to be weird going up to the table they're eating their breakfast going hello I've uh, I've got someone's name on my heart that's just going to be weird isn't it so I decided not to but then I made the mistake and I told my friends that I thought I might have a name that was really important for one of those young ladies and they said you're gonna have to tell them so I waited until they'd finished their brekkie they went to the bar I went up to them, I was like, excuse me, sorry to interrupt, I'm a Baptist minister, a bit like being a vicar, I said, and I've like got someone's name on my heart for you. And she looked at me, she went, you what? I was like, yeah, it's a little bit weird, but I've got someone's name that I need to tell you. It's like on my heart, I just need to tell you this name. She goes, yeah, go on then. I said, well, the name is Michael. She went, how did you know? I was like, how did I know what? Do you, know, you see, I'm having my breakfast and I'm thinking about my dad, Michael, I miss him. He's died recently, last time I was here I was with my dad. Miss him so much. How did you know that name? I said, "Yeah, oh, you see, I believe in like, a God who knows you. He really knows you. He loves you. He told me that name so that you could know that you are known and loved by God. Now, I thought she took that in and her friend, but a friend leant on the bar and went, you know what? We need to get down that psychic fair. I said, no. No, you don't. I'm not psychic. You don't need any psychic. This is about God loving you, knowing you, inside and out. He told me that night so that you can know that. She started to cry. She was so touched by it. She she was properly crying. Gave me a massive hug, said thank you, and off they went. And I went and sat down with my mates and carried on, I think, on my ninth course of breakfast. And then the waitress came up to me. She went, excuse me, you made that young lady cry. I was like, yeah, did she tell you why? She went, yeah, she did. She did this. She went, and I've got like goosebumps all over me. She went, can you pray for me? I said, yeah, I'd love to. What's up? She just poured out her heart about her grandkids. Just so much heartache. Poured out her heart about her kids. Just mess upon mess. Before I could even say the most simple prayer, she spoke some words, and it was if God had spoken at that moment. She said, you know what? People like us, Need people like you. People like us need people like you. You see, I don't want to brag, but what I've got is so good. It really is. It is so good. I've got hope. I've got purpose in my life. We've heard of the most beautiful things that you four have got. It's amazing. Beautiful, beautiful things. It is good and we need it every one of us needs it people like us need people like you see communion it's good we remember communion as being a good thing that the most beautiful, holy, kind compassionate powerful man who's ever lived and will ever live freely gave his life for this world, for you and for me, this is good. It's so good. Let us not disrespect communion, forgetting how good this is. The third story is about me. You see, I grew up as a vicar's kid. Most of that time in Papworth, actually. My dad was a vicar in Papworth. And you see, I took communion probably hundreds of times but I didn't get it. In fact, I didn't really believe it. And to be really honest, I thought it was a load of rubbish. I really did. And I was bored. Until 17 years old, my sister looked me in the eye and she said, You know what, Chris? I have to tell you something. Jesus died for you. For what? For me? that is just absurd. That is stupid. See, I knew the story, but for me, Jesus died for me. See, Paul writes that we've heard, like read to us. He writes to this church and he says this, examine yourselves. Examine yourself before you eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And then he says, if you were more discerning with regards to yourselves, I wonder where you're up to. Maybe you're visiting this morning. You think, hang on, I've never been to, or haven't been to church for ages. Where are you up to with God? What do you think about God? Examine yourself. Do you think it's true? I got to a point where I, it was true and real. And I believed that God gave Jesus for me. It is changed my life, changed my life. We've seen changed lives in front of us. Jess and Hannah and Savvy and Megan have made that choice to say, yeah, thought it through. I'm going to do it. I'm going to believe in it. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity to say, you know what? I think there might be something in this. I've seen, I've seen something this morning. Okay, it looked a little bit freaky, big pool of water, some geese are pouring in some water from the River Jordan. <laughs> what was going on? But to give you that opportunity to say, you know what? I think there's something in this. Paul says to the church, examine, search yourself. Where are you? Up to perhaps you've been coming to church for years. Where are you up to with Jesus? Is he real to you? Is he your Lord and Savior, like these four have proclaimed before us? So, communion by the way, we're gonna like this isn't just a prop, we're gonna do communion in a little bit. Um, and, And I want to welcome you. Whether you're not sure, you want it to work, maybe today, that step of faith saying, you know what, I want this. I'll come and celebrate, I'll come and take the bread and the wine, I'll do something about it. But we're going to remember what Jesus did, that communion, it's a leveller. We are all broken, hopeless people without the gift of Jesus. Communion it's good. It's good news. And lastly, communion. Well, it's time to think, to think it through. Let me pray a blessing over you. So Lord God, for those of us uh, this morning who are wondering about you, Lord, would you help us to know that you are real? Come, Holy Spirit, pour upon us. And remind us that that we are loved people. Remind us that we are known by you. Remind us that we can enjoy remembering what Jesus has done, each one of us. Thank you for the challenge of these four young ladies who... Have been so brave before us to do something new and to show what you have done inside them. Bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.